What's going on, everybody? It's Kyle Bennett from Underground Sports Philadelphia. Outside the Box has become such a huge success, we're giving it its own podcast feed. You guys have come out in droves and made this thing such a huge project for us. It's unbelievable. So, Outside the Box is moving to its own individual podcast feed starting in October. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at OTBLaxPod to know when that pod feed goes live so you can subscribe there you don't miss a single beat of what herm and i are bringing you don't miss any guests and uh, you can always drop those five star ratings and reviews to uh pump the pod feed up and uh make it an even bigger success as we head into year two of lacrosse coverage right here on the underground sports philadelphia podcast network so yes the month of october outside the box its own podcast feed get hype We'll see you guys soon. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Mike Yostrowski in association with Underground Sports Philadelphia. And welcome back to another exciting episode of the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast. I am back this week, your host, Mikey Ostrowski, joined as always by Mr. Kyle Bennett. How you doing, buddy? Dude, it's been like eons since I've talked to you on the phone. How's it going, man? How's life? It's been a while. Alex held things down for us last week. We did the damn thing still. But uh, how you doing? The people missed you, I'm sure. I'm good, man. I listened to the podcast last week. You and Alex absolutely killed it. You stepped in and crushed it as the uh, as the main guy, and Alex was offering some pretty awesome commentary too. So that was definitely really cool to hear. Uh, Alex, if you're listening to this, thanks for stepping in, man. Really appreciate it. But uh, I am back this week, and I am excited to be talking football again. I'm excited because outside of my Eagles getting absolutely torched, um, I won both of my leagues this week for the first time. In a long time, so I'm feeling good about my fantasy squads right now. Yeah, I'm feeling nice about my dynasty team. I'm I'm sitting six and zero there, which is pretty awesome. But I did take my first loss in our uh, our keeper league this week. That so you did, and it was so. Nice to I see. think I think you getting good juju kind of gave me some bad juju. Shout out to Mith- Mr. Uh, Smith Schuster. Uh, who? Not even a player anymore. <laughs> Crazy. We'll be talking about him a little later, I'm sure. But before man. before we get into stinkers, let's talk about those who completely popped off. And the I'm, ballers. I'm sorry, but the first guy I got to bring up is kind of the reason why your Eagles got torched. Mr. Stephon Diggs popping off for 43.5 fantasy points with three touchdowns, 167 yards. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut sometimes yeah you know it's everyone has been waiting for this game to come and it was kind of the perfect storm being against philly if you if you look at stefan Diggs' schedule for the rest of the season sure he's got washington in week eight but everything aside from that just points to him regressing back to what he was doing prior to this game so um i don't know about you but i'm not really looking for Stefan Diggs to repeat even half of these numbers for the majority of the weeks heading forward. Yeah, not a chance. I mean, 
Kirk Coupons again falls into the uh, blind squirrel finding a nut sometimes. And, you know, the Eagles secondary has been thrashed by injury. And I expected one of the two receivers to go off. It just happened to be Stefan Diggs to make me look like an absolute ass clown. And uh, I still think he's he's quite overrated. But, you know, cheers to him. He did his damn thing. But uh won't happen too much often the rest of the season, in my opinion. Now, let me ask you, do you think... Terry McLaurin is overrated. No, I actually love Terry McLaurin, and I hate that he's in Washington. Yeah, dude, he is balling out this season. He was, you know, funny enough, Stephon Diggs' 43 points were obviously the first best for any receiver. Um, any player. Looks, and any player, yeah. But Terry McLaurin, uh, I don't want to say only had 26 points, but he had only 26 points, and he was the second best receiver in PPR, PPR formats for week six so obviously Stefan Diggs completely dominant but Terry McLaurin putting up uh, a solid 26 point game four catches 100 yards two touchdowns against that Miami defense and I will mention that he's got a few tough matchups coming up but after the week 10 bye he's got a pretty damn good schedule yeah I was actually talking to uh, our buddy Pat Pitts who runs the fourth and goal uh, you know, side of fantasy things for Underground Sports Philadelphia. We're still working on integrating them full-blown, but uh, he was asking me how I feel about Terry McLaurin, and I was like, I love him. I think he has a chance to be overall a better Jamison Crowder for the Washington uh, Redskins, and, you know, he's proving to be even better than that uh, with the way he can get down the field and open things up, and I really like what he's able to do, uh, you know, just as a as a wide receiver in this league and, you know, Maybe uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, backup quarterback now in Washington, even though uh, he should be the starter, was uh, was right by getting his best friend Terry McLaurin to his team because he looks like he looks like a playmaker, and I'm very excited to, as a fantasy player to watch uh, Scary Terry keep going as long as it's not against my Eagles. Yeah, dude, he is he's really really good. Man. I like him a lot, man. I just hate that he's 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 in Washington. That's the one downfall. You know what though. As soon as um, Dwayne Haskins gets in there and actually takes the reins, I don't think it'll be this season with how everything is progressing. But once this officially becomes his team, McLaurin could be quite literally one of the scariest receivers in the entire NFL. Scary Terry, man. Yeah, looking forward to that. Um, Switching up to the quarterbacks, uh, Deshaun Watson had himself a day against Kansas City. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm – not too surprised, not only by his fantasy day, but that Houston was able to beat Kansas City. I've been saying since since the summer that I think Houston is a dark horse candidate to make the playoffs, or not make the playoffs, make the Super Bowl, I should say. Um, my uh, One of my friends, actually, she has uh, an office pool where they have to pick two teams from the NFC and two teams from the AFC, and if your team's both go to the Super Bowl, you get entered in a drawing to win tickets to the Super Bowl. And I I told her, I said, now I will tell you, I did include your Eagles in my NFC picks. I like that. I like like where your mental is at there. Yes, so shout out to you. But I, for my AFC picks, I picked the Patriots and I picked the Houston Texans, actually. So I was not too surprised that Deshaun Watson was absolutely able to ball out and prove that maybe, maybe he's the better quarterback on the better team. Uh, It was a very fun matchup, to say the least. It was back and forth. Uh, It was like the new age. I would say this was more the new age Brady versus Manning than Lamar Jackson versus uh, 
Patrick Mahomes, but those two guys, especially since they were in the same draft, like it was dynamic, you know, plays being made all across the board. The only downside of this game is Deshaun Watson could have had like three more touchdowns if Will Fuller didn't drop them, uh, which would have made his day that much more historic against uh, Patrick Mahomes. But they got the win, 280 yards through the air, 42 on the ground, and three overall touchdowns. That's not a bad day at the office, and Deshaun Watson finishes second in points overall this week in fantasy against you know a team that a lot of uh, other teams in the NFL would be just chucking the ball down the field trying to find some sort of offense. Deshaun Watson kept the game under control and still put up major points, so uh, shout out to Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. Yeah, for sure. And any week that you're going to get two rushing touchdowns from your quarterback, you're probably pretty pumped up, so awesome for him. Uh, another really, really incredible quarterback performance actually came from Matt Ryan, who had a pretty easy matchup against the Arizona Cardinals, but he did throw for over 350 yards, four touchdowns, and no picks. So Matt Ryan had himself a day. And the uh, Atlanta Falcons still found a way to lose. Um, you know, this game uh, was You know what, man? Brutal. Speaking as a Panthers fan, I'm so pumped <laughs> that, that they're losing by missing an extra point in the last minute of the game. With that one was of the just, best kickers in NFL history. That was just the cherry on top of Sunday for me. Matt Ryan, you know, he, he gathered the troops. They were down in this game big time. I think at one point it was 27 to, you know, 7 or 27 to 10, something like that. And uh, Matt Ryan, you know, put the team on his back. And uh, unfortunately, the Falcons still lost, but he had a hell of a fantasy day. Uh, 30.94 fantasy points on Yahoo. Not a sponsor, but uh, 356 yards through the air is, I think, what every Matt Ryan owner has been waiting for and the touchdowns to come with it. You know, Matt Ryan has been interception happy this season, too. So to see him go without a pick uh, in this game, me as a Matt Ryan owner, was fantastic. Uh, and this is what I think a lot of people who took Matt Ryan were expecting from him on a week-in and week-out basis. Uh, so it was finally nice to see him get one of those games, even though his team lost. But, Mike, we also had a historic quarterback performance from, uh, you know, the former mentioned Lamar Jackson uh, for the Baltimore Ravens as they took down the Bengals. Not only did he throw for 236 yards, didn't have a throwing touchdown, but he had 19 rushing attempts and 152 yards on the ground with a rushing touchdown, setting a new NFL record. Absolutely bonkers. Uh, what did you think about Lamar Jackson? Dude, honestly, he is the second best running back in the entire league besides Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, he looked incredible. Um, we we knew. We knew? No? God, I don't even know what I was trying to say there. We, it was we so know. stunning, you are lost for words. I am without speech. But... We know that Lamar Jackson can kill you on the ground. We found out early this season that Lamar Jackson can kill you through the air. You just don't know what Lamar Jackson you're going to get. And this one was all about the rushes. I mean, don't get me wrong. He looked he looked great as a passer. Don't let that zero mm-hmm. touchdowns uh, you know, sway you in any way. 236 passing yards, no interceptions. That's pretty good. Um, Without his number one wide receiver, too. Exactly, but to have 152 rushing yards on nearly 20 attempts as a quarterback, I mean, that is just absurd. And I I think Lamar Jackson proved that no matter what the matchup is, he's going to find a way to get you some fantasy points. 100%. And, you know, people were talking about him being the MVP early in the season. It kind of has tapered off, but, man, he has put this Ravens team 
on his back from an offensive perspective and really, uh, you know, shined this year in a season where last year a lot of people were unsure about what Lamar Jackson was going to be. He is a franchise quarterback, and, you know, that's what you're looking for when you're drafting guys, uh, you know, to take over as a new guard, you know, replacing Joe Flacco. And Lamar Jackson just does it all. And for him to combine for, you know, the amount of yards that he did on the ground and through the air and, you know, lead his team to victory, that's what you want to see. And Lamar Jackson is going to be a fantasy asset for the rest of this season and for years to come because of that running threat. 152 yards on the ground. There are some running backs that don't even get that in a single week, if not two weeks. And you're seeing that from your quarterback to go along with your running backs. If you invested in Lamar Jackson uh, this year in your drafts, you are, you know, that Scrooge McDuck uh, gift diving into the gold in the safe because <laughs> he is dynamic and he is so fun to watch. Yeah, and speaking of great rushing threats, Nick Chubb had himself a big fantasy day. He also had uh, 20 rushing attempts, 122 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, and he hauled in five of six targets for, I mean, it was only 17 yards, but if you're in PPR leagues, those five catches mm-hmm. are more than welcomed. But uh, Nick Chubb, even though Cleveland got yet again another loss he is heading into the bye week with a pretty stellar 122 rush yards two rushing touchdown stat line um we already knew nick chubb was going to come in and quite possibly be a top 10 running back for fantasy this year but he has really been something else man and good to see him bounce back after the the cleveland stink fest on national tv against the 49ers um, Nick Chubb was dynamic against the Seahawks. Uh, typically, a very good defense overall. He was able to find those holes and uh, you know keep Cleveland in this game because Baker Mayfield absolutely stunk on Sunday, yes, throwing you know interception after interception. Uh, Nick Chubb is what really kept Cleveland in this game, and uh, without him, they're completely blown out of the water by that Seahawks team led by potential MVP Russell Wilson. Now, I will say, I will give Baker Mayfield some credit. He looked good for maybe the first half of the game, but the second half, he completely ruined everything, man. Apart, man. But I will say, I will say that a couple of the interceptions did come off of receivers' hands that should have been caught. Yes. So I don't know if you can necessarily fault him uh, to a crazy extent, but. If your team only has, what is it, two wins after six weeks, I mean... Especially with the expectations the Browns had, with all the playmakers they have, it's not looking good right now. No, no, not at all. So, but if you are a Nick Chubb owner, you're happy that you have him. And, um, you know, pretty happy that this guy came back this week. And not only did he come back, but he freaking came back, man. Hunter Henry, if you slotted him into your lineup, you got eight catches, 100 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, absolutely incredible performance for a tight end. Incredible performance for anyone. He put on a show. And one thing uh, also to mention about Nick Chubb, because we had quite a few trades happen today as we record this on Tuesday in the NFL. The uh, the Cleveland Browns uh, traded one of their offensive linemen to the Rams for a draft pick. So Another thing, you know, the Browns' offensive line has not been good, and Nick Chubb has still been able to do what he's he's done this season. And now the Browns are continuing to trade uh, offensive linemen. But the rumor is is that the Browns are closing in on trading for Washington Redskins holdout Trent Williams to be uh, their their left tackle. So that is going to potentially improve what Nick Chubb is able to do, bringing in a, a future Hall of Fame left tackle to the Cleveland Browns. Oh, for sure. Can't complain about that one. 
But uh, Hunter Henry was just like, all right, you know, if nobody else on this team wants to do anything, I'll do it myself. Uh, I thought they were playing in Pittsburgh during this game with how many Steelers fans were in the stands. They played Renegade going into the fourth quarter, which is the Steelers' uh, pump-up song. And uh, it felt like a home game for the Steelers. But uh, Hunter Henry was able to uh, at least salvage the uh, the night for Chargers fans, you know, even in a loss and for Hunter Henry owners who may have picked him up off of waivers. He, uh, he put on a show, and that's what, you know, a lot of people expected him to be was in that elite tier of tight ends. And if he can continue to put on, you know, the, these types of performances because of the lack of, uh, you know, arm strength that we've seen from Phillip Rivers with accuracy – Hunter Henry's going to be a valuable asset in this offense if he can stay healthy. Dude, I got to say, it is completely painful to watch a Los Angeles Chargers quote unquote home game. It's bad. Um, I, 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 if you scroll back in my tweets, I tweeted it out, I think last weekend, saying how pitiful it was to see a Chargers home game because they, they quite literally do not have any home games. And it is just. It's depressing to watch. I don't know if you saw the rumors uh, that have surfaced, and it it started with a a potential possibility from a good friend of the network, Benjamin Albright. Uh, There have been rumors circulating that the Chargers could move to St. Louis uh, rather than share that stadium with the Ram with the yeah with the Rams in L.A. Uh, They might go there for a couple years, but then there's potential and talks that they would move to St. Louis and become the St. Louis Chargers. Ah, that poor team, man. Just can't, <laughs> just can't find a home. around everywhere. I know, seriously. Nobody wants them. They're Nobody like Akon. wants them. Cue lonely. <laughs> you know who uh, who isn't so lonely? Austin Hooper with his he is a eight Hooper. targets for eight catches. Dude, he is so good. And Dude, your brand is thriving right now. How do you feel about I Austin know, Hooper? I am taking – now – I'm taking a victory lap. I'm taking a huge victory lap because I was preaching Austin Hooper all offseason. I thought the guy was an absolute baller last season. I thought he was going to come in, and he has shattered all my expectations. I was saying this man's going to be a top six tight end, and through six weeks, he is the number one overall tight end to own in PPR. Um, I mean, and on top of it, he's not helping the Falcons win games, so it's a win-win. Seriously. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's great, but Austin Hooper has been absolutely stellar. I will say that his last half uh, of the season is going to be a little bit tougher than the first half of the season. If you look on the Yahoo app, he's got a lot of red names coming up. Week 10, week 11, 13, 14, and 15, he is against defenses that are all uh, 24th or better uh, against facing off against tight ends. So it'll be interesting to see how he does there. However, you're rolling with him no matter what the matchup is, and he is just, oh, dude, I... I told you, he's awesome. He's been a baller, and you know who else balled out with the return of his quarterback, Mikey? The guy that we always expect these big plays from, it happened. Robbie Anderson put on an absolute show for the New York Jets against the Dallas Cowboys in a win over those Dallas Cowboys. I was in my glory. Uh, But Robbie Anderson, obviously the the majority of his yards on a 92-yard catch-and-run touchdown, but... Sam Darnold being back just proves how competent he can make this Jets team, and he made Robbie Anderson look like the the star receiver that we expect. Um, you know, moving forward, how do you feel about Robbie Anderson's stock now that Sam Darnold is, uh, you know, wearing 
war gear to protect his spleen after uh, recovering from mononucleosis. Well, if you'll remember, uh, one of our preseason shows, we talked about Robbie Anderson, and I said, I want nothing to do with him until about week six or week seven, and then he's going to be a buy-low candidate for me. And uh, Did you just predict yeah. Sam Darnold getting mono during the preseason? <laughs> Maybe I gave it to him. Who knows? Maybe I wanted this to happen the whole time. Congrats on the smooch. Oh, hell yeah. It was great. Um, but no, Robbie Anderson going forward, um, he's he's every week wide receiver two potential, and he is he's always a threat to go off for a big play. I mean, he had a 92-yard touchdown. If that's not a big play, I don't know what is. Um, aside from this weekend, he's got a tough matchup against New England, right? So I personally don't want any part right. in that matchup for Robbie Anderson. I am fading him for week seven. But week eight through week 16 – I don't see a single matchup on here besides maybe Baltimore that I'm not putting him in like with confidence for. So Robbie Anderson going forward, I think can definitely be used as a wide receiver too uh, after this New England Patriots game. Yeah, I loved what I saw. He was dynamic, and Sam Darnold, you know, Pat McAfee and the guys on GetUp said it. Who would have thought that getting mono would make you a better quarterback? Because Sam Darnold <laughs> looked fantastic in that game. Uh, and from a fantasy perspective, like you said, outside of New England, the Jets have some really winnable matchups, and that makes Sam Darnold an intriguing fantasy play moving forward. Oh, definitely, and I got to say, while we're talking about the Jets, um, same thing with Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell has kind of had, I don't want to say a quiet start to the season, but it hasn't quite led up to expectations that everyone had drafting Le'Veon Bell. Um, This is the time of the season where Le'Veon Bell is going to turn into – Le'Veon Bell. He's got Sam Darnold back. He's got easy matchups on tap. Chris uh, like I said, should be coming back soon too to help that offensive line and blocking, which schemes. is definitely a huge help. So I think I think this whole team can be upgraded. And if Chris Herndon is on your waiver, um, I know he is currently on our waivers in, in our in our keeper league. Um, you got to go out and grab him because if you wait for him to play a single game you're already too late. Yeah, he's going to be a big target in that Jets offense. Sam Darnold uh, really built up some chemistry with him last year during his rookie season, so Chris Herndon is a definite must-add if he's out there, and once he gets back from this hamstring injury, he's going to be a you know pivotal part of this Jets offense, in my opinion. Now, what kind of week would we be in if I didn't remind everyone at home that Christian McCaffrey is the greatest running back in the NFL? What, did I, what did I say last week, man? Grass oh, is green, it. water's wet, and Christian McCaffrey scores tutties. And he got another two this week. And listen to this. So Christian McCaffrey is on by this week and currently is not only sitting at the number one running back in fantasy, but he is the number one overall player in fantasy with 181.3 PPR points. Now listen to this even further. So Austin Eckler's number two. He's not getting the same usage. I'm counting him out of this conversation. Dalvin Cook needs to score himself 43 points this week to surpass Christian McCaffrey as the number one fantasy football running back. So when you put things into perspective, McCaffrey, even through the bye week, might maintain that number one spot, and that is just insane. Shout out to Christian McCaffrey. I love him. And he did all of his numbers this week across the pond internationally. Uh in London, so yeah, and I Christian say, McCaffrey is like 
Carmen San Diego, just traveling all around the world. <laughs> yeah, and I gotta say, you know, I'm really relieved that these games against Tampa Bay are done. Uh, not only as a Panthers fan, but as a Christian McCaffrey fantasy football owner. Um, Tampa Bay's run defense, believe it or not, is legit. Um, their run defense is actually very good. They held Christian McCaffrey to only 31 yards on 22 carries. Uh, they even held him to only 26 receiving yards on four receptions. He did save his day with those two touchdowns, but he knows how to score when it counts. Long story short, Tampa Bay could potentially be a scary matchup for all running backs moving mm-hmm. forward. Yeah, their defense it, is is legit when it comes to stopping the run. And, uh, you know, good for Christian McCaffrey to kind of, you know, make the adjustments he had to make from that first matchup and uh, prove why he's the best running back on the planet. Absolutely. And while we're talking about the Panthers, there's something that I have to bring up. Is it this there's... quarterback controversy, Mikey? Dude, it is this quarterback controversy. I wanted so... to get your take on this, so uh, lay it on me. How are you feeling about Cam Newton versus Kyle Allen? I'm so nervous, man. I don't like. I have this weird feeling in my stomach about this quarterback situation. Uh, for those of you who know me, for those of you who don't know me, I am a diehard Carolina Panthers fan. I have been since I was eight or nine years old. And I absolutely love Cam Newton. Now, right now, obviously Cam Newton is not playing, but there is speculation that he could return to practice when the bye week is over, which would be this time next week. Um, I personally think a healthy Cam Newton is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And I think, I think a healthy Cam Newton does do better than a healthy Kyle Allen, especially in this offense. Because Kyle Allen, though he has been helping us get these wins, he hasn't been getting the wins. Christian McCaffrey has been getting the wins. Like, let's be completely honest. He's been a game manager. But I will say, he has been managing the game very well. He hasn't thrown picks. He hasn't done anything stupid. So He does fumble a little bit. I I see your tweets every week. I just wait for them. They're evergreen. Just hold on to the damn ball, kid. (laughs) But um, I I think that if Cam Newton comes back, if he can prove in practice that he is a 1,000% healthy, like he can run, he can sprint, he can juke, he can do everything, I think they should give him the opportunity, put him in a game, and let him win his job back from from there. Um, You know, I I know for a fact Cam Newton is better than Kyle Allen as a quarterback, but there is no arguing that – they are four zero with Kyle Allen, so I am I am so on the fence. Um, I am I'm one of these Panthers fans where I just I don't want to see them move on from Cam Newton because I know that when he's healthy, he's just he's just an absolute game changer and he will make this offense leaps and bounds better than Kyle Allen can. I agree. Um, I don't think I saw this on uh, around the horn today. I forget who uh, made the comparison, so forgive me for that, but. Uh, I don't think we're at the level of Dak Prescott forcing Tony Romo into retirement yet when it comes to Kyle no, Allen and Cam no, Newton. No, definitely so, not. Uh, next year, do I think there's a bit of a you know decision to be made? Potentially. Um, but I think if Cam Newton is actually healthy and he's not faking about being healthy, he gives this team an even better chance to win games um, just because of his versatility his his just big body and strength that he he possesses and uh I think he makes Christian McCaffrey that much better too. So I think if if Cam Newton is 100% good to go from this injury, you play him uh if you're the Panthers, but it is a tough decision to make because Kyle Allen has done the job he's been asked. 
Yeah, I'm I'm nervous to see what happens going forward. Uh, I have full confidence in Ron Rivera, so I know that he is going to make the correct decision, uh, whether that be keeping Kyle Allen in or putting Cam Newton in, is yet to be seen. But um, you know, I will I will roll with whatever the coach commands because I I do like Ron Rivera a lot. So now, we'll as we see sp- what happens. As we speak of backup quarterbacks, Mikey, is it a little weird to you that one James Conner uh, had a fantastic game against the Chargers with a third-string quarterback in. Uh, he looked a lot better to me with with the Duck Man behind uh, you know center than he did with Mason Rudolph. I don't know if that's coincidence. I don't know if it's just because the Chargers are that injured. But to me, James Conner seemed to have a little bit more chemistry with Devlin Hodges than he did with Mason Rudolph. I don't know how you feel about that, but... Uh, you know, the proof is in the pudding. James Conner popped off for almost 31 fantasy points this week. Yeah, I like James Conner to an extent. Um, you know you know how I feel about this whole offense. You know, I totally. thought there was going to be a big regression with losing Antonio Brown. Then there was Ben Roethlisberger. There's even a bigger regression than we expected. Um, going forward, I'm still confidently using James Conner anytime that he's healthy and in the lineup. Um, I will say Benny Snell did also look pretty damn good. And if the Steelers decide that this is a winning formula and they want to roll out James Conner and Benny Snell, I think they're, I think James Conner is a weekly start. And I think Benny Snell could be slotted in, um, in plus matchups until Jalen Samuels gets back. So I do like the whole running situation for them. Uh, however, I will, I, 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 I have to point out, that it's not a complete offense right now. They can't do any damage in the air. Um, and that speaks volumes because Juju Smith-Schuster is arguably a top 10, top 15 receiver in this entire league, even though he's so young, and they can't do anything to get him going. And I think that is going to limit the weekly upside of these running backs, but I do still like playing these running backs. I agree, and uh, it's just it's just odd to me that there was better chemistry with a guy who was on the practice squad a couple weeks ago for James Conner, whether it was catching the ball, running it, whatever it may be, than there was with Mason Rudolph, who's been with this team for a little bit now. Uh, But we'll see what happens there. Uh, But before we get to the stinkers, Mikey, you want to tell the people about our friends at Trophy Smack? Absolutely. TrophySmack.com is the place to go for all of your fantasy championship needs. Um, You know, we say it every week. They've got those trophies. They've got those sweet championship rings. And they've got those even sweeter championship belts. All their items come with 100% satisfaction, guaranteed, and are completely customizable and can be engraved however you need. Um, Also, if you go over there right now, go over there right now, order today, you can receive the very first engraving for free and free shipping. Also, if you use the code GOALINE, that's G-O-A-L-L-I-N-E, no spaces, at the checkout, you can actually receive one of those championship rings, which is valued at $59, absolutely free with the purchase of any belt or trophy over there at trophysmack.com. So what you're meaning to tell me, Mikey, is we get a free engraving, a free shipping, and a free ring, all from our friends at trophysmack.com? That's exactly what I'm telling you. But you only get that if you use our code GOALINE. That's G-O-A-L-L-I-N-E at the checkout. Um, just do it. You know, it's it's awesome. Those rings are really legit. Their rings are really cool. And, uh, you know, if 
you can't you can't go to the grocery store sporting a trophy. You can't just carry that around with you. You'll look conceited. But you just exactly. casually walk in there with your massive ring, and it's cool. You go on a family vacation, you just rock that ring. You can't really bring the trophy. Customs is going to take that bad boy from you. But you want you want to put your ring on and flex while you go on your uh, on your vacation. So head over to Trophy Smack because they do a great job over there. Friends of the network, they're uh, they're doing big things for us. And use that promo code and uh, get all that free stuff. Who doesn't like free stuff? You know who probably won't be heading over to TrophySmack.com? Uh, a lot of these people's owners because there were a lot of stinkers this week, Mikey. Yeah, big one for me. Uh, someone who I have had a decent amount of faith in the past few weeks who has been pretty damn consistent uh, but just looked like not good at all this past Sunday. The Minshew mania, Gardner yeah, Minshew. That was a little he, disappointing. He was held to 163 passing yards and an interception. He had 5.62 fantasy points on the entire day. Yeah, it was it was a defensive battle. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater threw the only touchdown in this game, so it was very defensive. Um, so if you like old school, you know, punch you in the face type football, this was your game. Uh, I think I think the Jaguars will bounce back. I, I still have faith in Gardner Minshew. He's been able to carry this team uh, through his first interception in a long time in this game. So he's been performing really well, and I think uh, they'll bounce back because they have one of the best wide receivers in the league, uh, the budding and superstar DJ Chark. Yeah, and actually now that you mention that, I'm pretty sure that was his first interception since – Week one when he slotted in yeah. for Nick Foles. It was like so, 184 pass attempts or something like that since he had thrown an interception. Yeah, so I'm not going to overlook it too much. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore absolutely blanketed his receivers. And if Gardner Minshew doesn't have DJ Tark to throw to, he's kind of a little lost right now. But that's okay. So Minshew is a guy that if he's in a plus matchup, I'm still rolling with him going forward. Uh, he's got Cincinnati this weekend, so I Should think this would be a pretty – yeah, I think this is a good bounce back for him. Um, now, do you think we're going to see a bounce back against Atlanta for Jared Goff, who is held to 78 passing yards? No interceptions, no touchdowns, no rushing yards, just 78 passing yards. This game was weird, man. No Todd Gurley for Jared Goff in this one, so they went full-blown committee. Uh, Jared Goff lost one of his offensive linemen. Uh, Mr. Noteboom is done for the season, which... Uh, you never want to see anybody get injured, but for you and I's sake, our buddy, friend of the show, and a good high school friend of ours, Jamil Demby, looks like he's going to be getting his shot to be one of the starting offensive linemen moving forward for Jared Goff. So shout out to the to the homie Jamil right there. But uh, this was just a, a weird game for the LA Rams. You know, talking about Jared Goff, Cooper Cup, also a big stink fest with only 5.7 fantasy points. Um I think they'll bounce back. That San Francisco defense is legit, man, and they're going to be able to uh, shut down anyone, it seems, because they're just doing it all. And, you know, we've we've seen teams put up points against the Atlanta Falcons, most notably uh, the Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson, where he's got Will Fuller, he's got DeAndre Hopkins, he's got the weapons there, and Jared Goff has the weapons. The only concern I have is that this game is on the road, and Jared Goff does not succeed on the road as well as he does at home. Um, but I think he's going to have a nice bounce-back game against the Falcons because the Falcons are just absolutely dreadful. Yeah, I think Jared Goff is definitely going to see a pretty positive game against the Falcons. Um, he's 
it's definitely cause for concern coming off of an absolutely abysmal game, but Atlanta's been getting shredded. This is definitely a get-right game. Uh, if you have him, you can definitely put him back in your lineup this upcoming week unless you have a, you know, a better lineup. Like, I mean, I for instance, I have Josh Allen against Miami, who I'm definitely going to be starting over Jared Goff because absolutely. Miami is just absolute garbage. But Jared Goff should bounce back this week. Uh, and speaking of Jared Goff, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup, um, as a result of the terrible, terrible game, were all held to under seven and a half fantasy That's points. That's crazy. Um, again, this game against Atlanta for all three of those receivers should be bounce backs all across the board, and you shouldn't be concerned about starting any of them. Yeah, I think they'll bounce back in a big way. This just this was another game that was a litmus test for the 49ers defense, and they passed with flying colors. And uh, just like we talked about the the Tampa Bay defense being a problem for rushing, uh, you know, type teams, this 49ers defense is gonna be a problem across the board because they shut down everything. Yeah, dude, they are they're legit, man. They're that defense legit is looking good. I saw a, a quote by George Kittle, and he goes, "Huh, maybe this is why Jimmy Garoppolo threw five interceptions that practice in preseason <laughs> because that defense is just." really damn good really good um, they've drafted well they brought in good free agents richard sherman still balling and uh they're they're gonna be a, a force to be reckoned with uh for opposing offenses fantasy wise and in real life football because they look damn good and they're fun to watch too let me ask you this um there's a player that i i didn't want to be concerned about but i I kind of am concerned. So let me let me see if I can get you to guess the player. So his first three weeks, he had 26, 17, and 43 PPR fantasy points. But weeks four, five, and six, he hasn't actually – the one week he had 9.8, but the last two weeks he has been held to less than six fantasy points as, as a receiver. So he's a wide receiver. Um, man, that's tough. I'll give you a hint. His tight end just returned from a long injury and completely popped off. Ah, you're talking about one Keenan Allen. I am, and I want to know your thoughts on him because obviously Keenan Allen is a really damn good receiver. He's shown us in the past. He showed us the first three weeks of the season, but he now has three big stinkers in a row. And one Um, coming against the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, uh, and he doesn't have a very solid next three games. I mean, he's got Tennessee. are brutal. Yeah, t- Tennessee, Chicago, and Green Bay, they're all pretty tough on the receivers. Um, do you see a bounce back coming um, at all? Um, you know, he's on the road at Tennessee, at Chicago, <clears throat> and then they host Green Bay, which will be a home game for the Packers just without – quote-unquote uh, home game for the Chargers. Just without a Lambo leap area that Adam Schefter absolutely nailed. Um I honestly don't see a bounce back for Keenan Allen until maybe Oakland, which is in four weeks. Because, honestly, we've seen a big regression from the guy throwing him the ball in Phillip Rivers. He has looked very bad uh, in the past few weeks, and I think it's taken a huge hit on what Keenan Allen does. And that's why we saw the explosion from Hunter Henry this week. So, with Hunter Henry being back and Phillip Rivers' arm not being what it used to be, I'm I'm getting a, a little bit concerned about Keenan Allen, especially in these next three matchups against elite defenses in the Titans, the Bears on the road, and then uh, the Packers are a legit defense. So 
it's not getting any easier for Keenan Allen. And as a Keenan Allen owner, I might try to move him if you're in redraft leagues. Yeah, I would see if you can still get top dollar for him. Um, it, you obviously would have gotten a lot more for him if you sold him after his 40-point performance Absolutely. in week three. But he still carries that 40-point performance with him. He still carries the name of Keenan Allen, and he still carries the name of being the number one option for Phillip Rivers. So it, it might be a good idea to sell him. Uh, conversely, if you are someone who is currently sitting at like 5-1 and one or 6-0 and oh, and you can wait on someone for the playoffs, Keenan Allen might be that guy to go out and buy right now because his playoff schedule is absolute cake um, at the receiver position. He has – who does he have? Uh, I just saw it. Uh, he's got Jacksonville, who obviously does not have Jalen Ramsey anymore. He's got Minnesota, who hasn't been anything terrifying against the corners. And then he's got Oakland in Week 16 which is a pretty damn good matchup for your receiver in a championship game. So Keenan Allen is someone that I like for the playoffs, but until then, I kind of don't. Yeah, it's going to be very difficult for him to rebound, especially, like I said, with the play of Phillip Rivers recently. Uh, I'm very concerned about Keenan Allen moving forward. Mikey, I want to ask you about three running backs and how you feel about them moving forward. A couple of them are on brand for you. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, So we've got... Austin Eckler, who obviously Melvin Gordon is back, didn't look great, but Austin Eckler also was not very involved against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We've got. I think when you say Melvin Gordon is back, you have to kind of put that in asterisk. A little bit of asterisk there. <laughs> um, so we got Austin Eckler on this list. We've got Joe Mixon, uh, who played against the Baltimore Ravens this week, did not look great, and uh, Derrick Henry playing against the Denver Broncos this weekend. Uh, even in a win and a positive game script where Marcus Mariota was benched, Derrick Henry was not involved whatsoever. Uh, how are we feeling about those three running backs moving forward? Well, I'm not concerned about Derrick Henry. I mean, his 28 rush yards and 15 attempts is pretty pitiful. But, I mean, that whole game was just a shit show. They got blown out by Denver 16-0. to um, Like you said, Marcus Mariota got replaced by Ryan Tannehill. There was just nothing going right for them in this game. Um, I will say, and I have been saying this, Derrick Henry puts up great numbers in real life, but in fantasy, it's not that good. Like, if you have a 100-yard rusher, but he doesn't catch more than one catch a game, um, you're only getting 10 to 12 points from him, and that's not good enough to warrant being even an every-week RB2. That essentially is just... He's just a, a, a touchdown upside RB2 at that point, and that is, that's a big reason why I was so against having Derrick Henry on any of my teams this offseason because I knew this was, this was what was going to happen. You know, He doesn't catch balls, and in PPR leagues, that's just not too valuable. So Henry is a guy where if you have him in PPR leagues, I would try to sell him right now uh, if you can because I just I don't have much faith in him unless he gets a touchdown. Yeah, I agree with that take completely. How do you feel about Joe Mixon, though, moving forward? Because he's a guy that a lot of people drafted, you know, to be one of their, you know, top running backs on their teams this year. And, uh, you know, hasn't really lived up to the expectations outside of, surprisingly, uh, the Bengals game against Buffalo where he put up over, uh, you know, 15 points the lone time this season. So I love Joe Mixon, but I hate that offensive line. It's so bad. Um, uh, Joe Mixon has 
he's given us fantasy players a valuable lesson, and that is that we actually have to pay attention to offensive lines. Yeah, we do. Um, he is an incredible talent. He's a great runner. He is a great pass catcher. But that team has absolutely nothing going for them, and I don't see it turning around anytime soon. Looking at his schedule, he literally doesn't have a matchup that I like until he plays Miami in Week 16. And you can't hold on a guy in hopes that you can use him in the championship if you don't make the championship, uh, which I don't think you're going to do if you have Joe Mixon on your roster as a starter. So he's a guy where if you can sell him just based off of name, you have to do it. You can't drop him. I mean, he's Joe Mixon, but you're, I, don't, I, I just don't want to use him. Joe Mixon this season, Mikey, this is going to shock you. 74 rushing attempts for 252 rushing yards. Zero touchdowns. Ugh, that's just pitiful, man. It's scary. Zero touchdowns is a killer. Absolutely, and I, w- I totally agree with you. I would sell Joe Mixon yesterday because I think if you can get that value, like you said, off of, of namesake, uh, it's it's a positive for your team moving forward. Yeah, and then going on to the third guy you mentioned, Austin Eckler, um, you should have you sold him the second they announced Melvin Gordon was coming back. Yep. You know, he the first game that Melvin Gordon was back, Melvin Gordon really didn't play uh, at all. So Austin Eckler still managed to get 24 points. Um, or no, the Miami game is when, when Gordon didn't play. He had 29 right. points then. Then they played against Denver with Melvin Gordon kind of having some involvement where Eckler was able to have 24 points, and that was without any touchdowns. However... It is worth noting that he only had three rushing attempts that game, and all of his damage came on 15 receptions. I don't expect Austin Eckler to even come close to having 15 receptions in a single game for the rest of the season. Especially since Hunter Henry's back. Yeah, no doubt. If you can get even a little bit of value for Austin Eckler, you got to do it at this point because he is, unless you're one of those people that is going to do a seance and prick your Melvin Gordon voodoo doll, um, Seance he, is the word of the week. You like that? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Austin Eckler has little to no value um, on a weekly basis unless Melvin Gordon is not on the field. I totally agree. And you know, Melvin Gordon hasn't looked great in his two games, but he's still getting his feet under him, and I expect better performances moving forward. Yeah, and before we move on from the running backs, I want to ask you about the Kansas City Oof. running back uh, fiasco. Yeah, so... Damian Williams, two total touches this past week. LaShawn McCoy, 10 total touches, with eight of them being rushing attempts. Daryl Williams, uh, one touch. It was a reception for 52 yards. Um, What do you make of this whole situation? It's disgusting. And it's something, if you can, I'd try to avoid. um, Because it's literally like playing roulette with these running backs. It's almost like any skill position player outside of Travis Kelsey on the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs because week to week, you know, last week we saw Byron Pringle absolutely explode, and then this week he was an absolute dud, and he was probably the number one picked up player on waivers uh, last week. So it's the Kansas City Chiefs is like playing Russian roulette. You never know what's going to happen, um, and it's just a it's a tricky situation to kind of you know try and maneuver. It's like playing Minesweeper almost. And yeah. if you don't know what to do when you're playing Minesweeper, you're going to end up with the Kansas City Chiefs running backs. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, unless you have Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill, uh, I really don't think you can fire up anyone with confidence on a weekly basis. If you have to choose out of the three, I'm still rolling with Damian Williams just because of, you know, this game kind of an out. I'm hoping it's just an outlier for the running backs. Um, Damian Williams came back from injury last week, and they tried to get him very heavily involved. But Daryl Williams performed great while Damian Williams was out, and he's going to be a thorn in Damian Williams' side for the rest of the season. And this is just... If you have any three of these guys, I don't think you can drop them because an injury to any one of them creates a ton of value in that backfield. Yeah, it's absolutely but, crazy. It's like the stock but, market. Exactly. Well, if you, if, but my thing is, if you if you can sit them, I wouldn't start them unless like you're looking for that boomer bust option. Right. How many analogies can we uh, compare the Kansas City Chiefs offense to? Find out next week on the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast. <laughs> Well, how many D Williams are there in this entire league, let alone on this team? Uh, I'll take I'll take two for four hundred, Alex. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nuts, but uh, so that is just a bunch of confusion that I'm trying to avoid. And I want to talk about a tight end really quick, a tight end who was an absolute beast in Week One, and since then everyone has just been chasing points with him. And he dropped a very crucial touchdown in the Monday night football game. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, rookie, Detroit. What do we do with him moving forward? It's weird. He's a, he's a weird uh, fantasy player. Like, he's very good real life. Um, and he's really helped the Detroit Lions. Not enough against the refs on Monday night. But, uh, oh, that was bad. That was bad. But, uh, you know, it's one of those kind of... He's, I think he's still trying to get his feet under him a little bit and figure out, you know, the offensive side of his game at the NFL level. Um, but he's one of those guys that I think you have to hold on to. He's he's more valuable, in my opinion, right now than, like, O.J. Howard, where O.J. Howard's not even, you know, valuable in a, in a fantasy perspective or real life because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers don't use him. He's more valuable, you know, in a baseball in baseball stands, catching, uh, you know, foul balls and stuff like that. But... Uh, <laughs> You know, I think you have to hold on to TJ because he's one of those guys that could, you know, potentially pop off if his number is called because Detroit has looked very good on offense this year. And uh, if they can, you know, keep rattling off wins and rattling off points, he's going to find his way to get involved. And uh, I, I like TJ moving forward. He's more of a tight end two than a tight end one that everybody thought he would be. But uh, I still like his, his upside and his value moving forward right now yeah and before we move on to the uh starts of the week just to just to highlight something about tj hawkinson if you look at his schedule he has probably the easiest schedule for any tight end for the remainder of the season um i mean the next few weeks minnesota giants oakland uh chicago is always a tough one but they haven't been too good against the tight ends dallas washington chicago again minnesota tampa bay i mean i i love his schedule moving forward and if, if he's available or if he gets dropped, because I think he might get dropped from a few rosters when waivers clear tomorrow. Um, I think if you're desperate at the tight end position or you just need a backup guy, um, he could be a good option. Because I do think that we've seen his ceiling at 25 points and we've seen his floor at one point. Mm-hmm. But I do think that we are going to see more of an upside trend with him uh, for the second half of the season. Simple question. 
Just say the last name. Who would you rather have moving forward on your roster? TJ Hawkinson or Chris Herndon? Oh, that's tough. Um, that's really tough. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Chris Herndon Me actually. Too. Um, and Chris Herndon looked incredible at the end of last season. And as long as he's, you know what? Let me rephrase that: a fully healthy Chris Herndon. Okay. Because he is still, he he was cleared to return to practice today. But if you'll remember, he was practicing last week and he rehurt himself uh, with a different injury. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so, hamstring injury. So that is something that could be nagging. Um, as long as you can guarantee me that both are healthy, I'll take Herndon. But if Herndon's hindered even a little bit, I'm going with Hawkinson because those guys are pretty close in my book. I agree. Uh, I believe, like you said, Mikey, it's time to get to the starts and sits. And that means it's time for the matchups. NFL Week 7 is already here. Crazy to think we're almost halfway done the 2019 season. Um, By weeks, though, before we get started, the Carolina Panthers, the Cleveland Browns, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are all on buys. So uh, let's get into it. Yeah, so your Christian McCaffrey's, your Nick Chubbs, your James Conner, uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they are all shelved for the week, and you're probably looking for some fillers, and we are going to try to give you some fillers. So we'll start off Thursday night, Kansas City Chiefs visiting the Denver Broncos. From the Chiefs' side of the ball, I'm starting, obviously, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. Uh, As we were just mentioning, we have no idea what to do with these running backs whatsoever. Like uh, I, I agree uh, with those starts. That's really all I feel confident, especially in a short week. Yeah, I mean, I am – I hate to admit it, but I'm forced to start Damian Williams in our Vineland League. Uh, it sucks, but with Christian McCaffrey out, it's something I got to do. Uh, I will say if you have the option to start any of these three, Damian Williams is probably the safest bet, but I'm not – personally pumped about starting him myself yeah, it's gonna be tough against that broncos defense who shut down derrick henry completely uh this past week so uh i don't trust those kansas city running backs whatsoever against denver's defense but you know who i do trust mikey uh is Cortland sutton he is budding I knew you into, were gonna say that my brand is thriving and shining you know everybody knows i'm a will fuller who has Again, continue to knock on wood play in every game this season. Uh, Cortland Sutton and DJ Chark are all part of your boys' brand. And Cortland Sutton is shining and thriving and turning into a legit number one wide receiver uh, in the NFL. And for this Broncos team, and I am loving this matchup for him because that Chiefs secondary is hot garbage. Yeah, you'll be happy to know that Cortland Sutton will be making an appearance uh, on my starts of the week uh, when the article comes out tomorrow, I'm still in the process of writing it, but I can assure you his name is already on it. So I do like Cortland Sutton. I do like Emmanuel Sanders in this one as well. Um, let me ask you something. Philip Lindsay is pretty much a, a weekly start at this point. Um, he's Your been guy, performing. Yeah, yeah, whatever. We won't talk about that. <laughs> but how do you feel about Royce Freeman? Because he, as we've discussed in the past, he is a guy that's going to go out there and get you somewhere between 9 and 12 points each week. Do you like his upside in a big game against Kansas City, or are you still just expecting that 9 to 12 points from him? Kind of expecting the same, especially in a game that has the potential to be a negative game script for the Broncos where they're going to be throwing a lot. Uh, so I don't really like Royce Freeman in this matchup. 
And the thing that's confusing about games where Denver is down is Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman both have a pretty. I, I would say Philip Lindsay's a little tiny bit better, but they both have a pretty great ability to uh, catch the ball out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. So even with that, you never know who they're going to ride in that situation. But Philip Lindsay is probably the safer option to assume. Uh, so I would agree with you in saying Royce Freeman probably just going to get somewhere between nine and twelve points. He is a flex option if you're looking for safety. Good old Thursday night football. But, Mikey, we move on, and the Packers are back home after they won that game with help from the refs to take on the Oakland Raiders at Lambeau Field. This game is kind of weird to me. I don't know how you feel about it, but I don't like this game at all. No, I'm not a big fan of it either, Um, especially from a fantasy perspective. I mean... You have Jamal Williams stealing carries from Aaron Jones. Now that whole headache is back. You have Devontae Adams, who's probably not going to play again because of the turf toe. You have Geronimo Allison, who just got hurt. You have Tyrell Williams on Oakland, who may or may not finally be back. And then you have Zay Jones uh, more than likely making his Oakland appearance this week. Um, If I'm going to be entirely honest, uh, from the Raiders' side of the ball, I only like Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs. And... I like Josh Jacobs a lot in this one, to be honest. I think he's going to have himself a pretty good pretty good day against Green Bay as long as the Oakland Raiders uh, can keep the game close from the Green Bay side. Um, if by some miracle Devontae Adams plays, obviously he's going to play um, in your lineup. I'd start MVS for sure. Yes. Uh, especially if Geronimo Allison and Devontae Adams are both out because for that's sure. big things for MVS. Um, if both of those guys are out, I'm also starting Jimmy Graham because, I mean, who else is Rodgers going to throw the ball to? How do you feel about and, last night's hero, the Lizard, uh, Alan Lazard? Um, he seemed to uh, gain a lot of trust from Mr. Discount Double Check. He said that in his post-game press conference. If uh, those two wide receivers are out, he looks to be kind of the number two wide receiver in that offense. Yeah, I don't like him enough to start him, but I do like him enough to pick him up off of waivers and see where it takes me. I agree. I think he's going to be a big-time waiver pickup just because he was in the national spotlight. Yeah, and then obviously you're starting in Aaron Rodgers if you have him. Uh, Aaron Jones, even though there's concern with Jamal Williams, he's a must-start if you have him. Uh, believe it or not, Aaron Jones is like a top, I think it was top five or top six PPR running back right now. So you, you can't bench him, obviously. Exactly. Um, and to be honest, if you pick up Jamal Williams off of waivers this week and you have a desperation for flex, like let's say, let's say you're, you're a, you're a God and you have Christian McCaffrey and Nick Chubb, but they're both on a bye this week. Jamal Williams could be slotted in as a low end flex play. Yep. He's robbed a touchdown and, uh, you know, he looks like he's completely back from the, uh, the unfortunate concussion situation he was in against the Eagles. So, uh, I mean, it sucks for Aaron Jones owners, but. If you need that running back help, he's a he's a definite flex play. For sure. Moving on to the Miami and Buffalo Bills game. This one will be easy. You sit your Miami Dolphins, you start your Buffalo Bills. I now, don't know what else to tell you. As we've been doing for the past couple of weeks, Mikey, I've given you the obnoxious point spread line of the week, and that happens to be in this Dolphins and Bills game. The Bills are 16.5-point favorites Yep, the Bills cover. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> at home, Buffalo is Buffalo's great at home. Buffalo is just great in general. Josh Allen's going to have himself a big day. They're getting Devin Singletary back this week. 
Um, I will say I am a bit hesitant to start him on my fantasy roster, uh, even against this terrible Miami Dolphins team, just because Frank Gore did do enough in his absence to kind of solidify himself as at least a 50-50 timeshare option. So I'm probably staying away from Frank Gore and Devin Singletary, but definitely starting Josh Allen. If you have a need at tight end, uh, you could even start Dawson Knox this week, which is an interesting play. And then a guy that I really, really like this weekend is Cole Beasley. Yeah. Cole Beasley is essentially another tight end in that offense because he's the check down guy. So he's going to get massive PPR points in this game. And uh, that's the legend Frank Gore to you, Mikey. The legend Frank Gore. Your favorite eagle. One of the greatest of all time. (laughs) Moving on to the Jacksonville and Cincinnati game. Uh, We mentioned it earlier. We both like Gardner Minshew to bounce back in this game. I'm going to go ahead and say, obviously, that means we're starting DJ Chark. Cue the baby shark in the tune of DJ Chark. He is a stud. He's going to absolutely torch this Bengals defense. Are you starting D.D. Westbrook in this one? I am. I think D.D. Westbrook will get his touches, uh, especially since he won't be seeing the number one corner coverage. And uh, I think D.D. has a chance for, you know, a a 12 to 14 point fantasy day, which from a wide receiver to or a flex play, you'll take that any day. Yeah, I agree. And uh, another guy that I really like on this offense is Leonard Fournette. I think he is definitely an RB1 this week against Cincinnati. And uh, I'm definitely, I mean, now that you were going to sit him anyway, but here's your vote of confidence. I'm definitely firing him up. Yeah. The Cincinnati Bengals are fully entrenched in the hashtag suck fest uh, that Pat McAfee has dubbed it for these uh, winless teams. So, and not a lot of people thought they were going to be this bad, but here they are and they might as well continue it. So uh, Jaguars are going to roll in this one. Are you starting a single player from Cincinnati? Like, I know you and I are both ridiculously high on Tyler Boyd, but he's been kind of disappointed in the past couple weeks, and even though Jalen Ramsey's not there, they still do have A.J. Bouye, and I don't know if Tyler Boyd's going to be able to handle him. I think he's a flex play just because of who's on a bye this week. Yeah. You've got both Carolina receivers on a bye, both Tampa receivers. Obviously, he hasn't been as great, but Juju Smith-Schuster's on a bye. Um, Plus Jarvis and OBJ. Jarvis, OBJ. Like, if, if... you have any of those and you have Tyler Boyd, I think you play him as a flex. Yeah, for sure. Moving on to the Minnesota Vikings visiting the Detroit Lions. I'd like almost everyone in this game. Yeah, this game's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, especially this is, with being as Detroit. you would call it, a popcorn game. This is a popcorn game. Detroit being at home, too. I like this game a lot. Uh, fire everybody up because it's going to be a lot of passing. And uh, hopefully the the Lions win because I hate the Vikings. Now, there's only one player. There's there's two players that I have to ask you about. So the first one is going to be Marvin Jones. What are we doing with him this week? Because he has been, I don't even want to say up and down. You know, he was he was kind of up one week, but he has been down. He was up with some uh, pass interference on Monday night, yeah. but uh, I I like him because these these Vikings corners are beatable. Everybody is always afraid of Xavier Rhodes and of Trey Waynes. They're beatable. You know, Alshon Jeffrey proved that this past week, even in an Eagles loss. He torched the Vikings, um, you know, just for PPR and just chunk yards, and they were able to move the ball down the field that way. Um, so I th- I like both the Lions receivers in this game. I think they have a, a real good chance to put up some numbers uh, against the Vikings defense. And what are we doing with the tight end, TJ Hawkinson? 
Um, see, this this is a game I would bench TJ because the Vikings linebackers are legit. Um, you know, I I think TJ is going to be used more as a blocker to protect Matthew Stafford against guys like Eric Kendricks and uh, Anthony Barr, who are very very good at rushing the quarterback. Uh, so I think TJ is going to be more in a blocking role, and the the Lions are going to be in a lot of twelve personnel. Uh, in this game just to protect Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, his weeks will come, but I just don't know if I'm trusting him this week, especially because aside from Greg Olson, there's not really any recently useful tight ends on by this week, so you probably don't – you're probably not facing that situation. Yeah, I, th- I think you can get away with benching TJ Hawkinson this week. Uh, so moving on to the Rams visiting Atlanta. I'm going to ask you – an easier question than who are you starting? Uh, who are you sitting in this one? Because this is another one of those popcorn games. Uh, absolutely nobody. And if the Rams don't go get a corner, because the other trade that happened today as we record this on Tuesday was that the Rams uh, not only placed a keep to leave on injured reserve, so he won't be in this game, but they traded Marcus Peters. Yes, Pro Bowl cornerback Marcus Peters has been traded to the Baltimore Ravens. Um so right now the Rams are rolling out all young corners, and if they don't go get somebody you know, with veteran presence that knows how to defend a guy like Julio Jones, uh, the Falcons have a chance to win this game because they'll be able to pass the ball as much as they want. And uh, I see this game ending up very similarly. Uh, not sure how the result ends up, but to when the Rams took on Tampa Bay, where it's going to be one of those high-scoring games. You know, Julio Jones is always good putting – He's he's always good for like a 250 yard receiving game every year, and normally it comes against my Carolina Panthers. But I'm really hoping he gets out of his system this week because <laughs> I think it's definitely possible for him to do that. Um, I'm I'm starting all three receivers from the Rams. I'm starting I'm starting Terry Goff. I'm even starting Gerald Everett in this one. Yeah, he's um, been a really really good emerging tight end because Jared Goff's been using him more. So if he's available sure. on your waivers. Uh, I would pick him up immediately. Yeah, and then um, whatever running back they decide to start, whether it's Malcolm Brown or Darrell Henderson, uh, if Todd Gurley is out, I think you could start those guys up too. And yeah, then the conversely, terrible against the run. Yeah, and then on the Falcon side, the only person that has a name that I'm sitting is probably Edo Smith, and that's just because Devonta Freeman has finally kind of retaken his spot in this backfield, even though he is more of a pass catcher now, um, Devonta Freeman has solidified himself once again as the the running back there. So Ido Smith is the only one that I'm benching. I mean, I'm starting Julio, Ridley, Sanu, Hooper, Ryan, Freeman. I, I like them all. Yeah, the the Vikings and Lions game was a popcorn game. This Falcons-Rams game, Rams game is a popcorn game. Get whatever the hell t- type of toppings you want to put on your popcorn because there's going to be points galore in this game, and uh, everybody everybody's going to eat in this one. Yeah, no doubt it's going to be a good one. Um, moving on to the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. Who do you like in this one? Uh, Mikey, dare I say, this is another popcorn game. I like everybody in this game. It's a divisional game. Divisional games always get weird. Uh, Jacoby Brissett has looked fantastic, uh, you know, taking over as the starting quarterback after Luck retired. Deshaun Watson has just proven that he has been, you know, everything and more that you could want from a franchise quarterback. And, you know, the receivers in this game, T.Y., if he's healthy completely, you're playing him, uh, which he should be. 
after the bye week. And then uh, Will Fuller, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I think you even get away with potentially starting one of the two Colts tight ends. I'm not sure who yet, but there's potential there for either one of them. And then obviously Marlon Mack. And uh, I don't know how I feel about Carlos Hyde in this one. Um, I know you traded him earlier today in our league, but I don't know how I feel about him in this one just because of how good the Colts defense is. He's the only guy that I'm really questionable about. Yeah, I'm probably not starting Carlos Hyde unless I'm one of those desperate people that has a combination of Chris McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, James Conner. Um, you, you know, he is a he's a desperation play this week. Don't chase those points. Uh, his 20-point game in Week 6, though it was awesome, uh, is a bit of an outlier for what the rest of his season has been. So I would temper expectations there. Uh, before we move on from this game, I have to ask you, are we finally going to see DeAndre Hopkins in this one? I think we will. Uh, it's a divisional game, like I said, and you know things get weird in divisional games. So I think Deshaun Watson is going to uh, be throwing the ball to old D-Hop, and we'll see some uh, explosion there for sure. I hope so, because it has been... I mean, granted, he's still getting you like 12 to 15 points every week, which, like, it's not bad, but... It's pedestrian that's not what the in terms number... of Hopkins. Oh, exactly. He was the number one overall receiver taken in nearly every single draft back in August. So that has definitely been disappointing, but I guess we'll see what happens. I really hope that this is the week that he can kind of uh, become him again. Yeah, I like this game a lot overall. It's another uh, popcorn game on the KB slate for Week 7. For sure. Uh, these next two 1 o'clock games, one of them is weird in one way. The other one is weird in another way. Um, we have San Francisco visiting the Washington Redskins. This is going to be so lopsided. It's ridiculous. This is disgusting. Why is this um, even a game? Are you – so I'm, I'm not even going to ask you who you're starting from the 49ers because if you have a guy from the 49ers that has been useful in the past couple of weeks, you can go ahead and fire him up in this one. Which is Brita um, and Devin Coleman and George King. The, Red, the Redskins really only have two fantasy-relevant, I guess three fantasy-relevant players right now. Uh, the first two we'll talk about will be Adrian Peterson and Chris Thompson. I don't know about you, nope. but I'm personally sitting both of them. Nope. I traded Chris Thompson a couple weeks ago, and I'm thrilled. Um, I don't – no way in hell I'm playing either of them against this 49ers defense. And I know the other guy you're going to bring up is Scary Terry. I also yep. don't trust him in this game because the, the 49ers secondary has looked unreal. And uh, it's suitcase Keenum playing quarterback for them. And I think the 49ers are going to eat uh, on defense. So play the 49ers defense by all means. Yes. And if you have anyone from the Redskins, even Terry McLaurin, you got to put him on the yeah, bench. Let him sit on the bench this week. Save yourself nope. some misery. And the last 1 o'clock game is the Arizona Cardinals against the New York Giants. This is one of those games where you can fire up literally anyone that is on your fantasy team. Yeah, it's not a popcorn game because I won't sit down to watch this one. Um, but you can play almost anybody in this game as long as they're healthy. Yeah, I'll go down the line for you. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Of course. Christian Kirk. Yes, if he's healthy. Kyler Murray. Yeah. Obviously, David Johnson. What do you feel about Chase Edmonds. He has had limited participation the last two weeks behind David Johnson, but he has looked pretty damn good uh, recently. And even though he's not getting a lot of opportunity, he is doing everything in his power to do something with these opportunities. Are you considering him a flex option this week? I'm not, because if David Johnson's healthy, I think he's going to get a bulk of literally everything. Um, and I think the Cardinals are going to you know, win this game too. 
and it's going to be through the air. So I'm not really feeling Chase Edmonds this week, even against the Giants, just because I think David Johnson will be able to do it all. Fair enough. I, I personally do like Chase Edmonds. I would feel confident enough to put him in as a flex position uh, if I'm in desperate need of a runner this week. But uh, he is not a guy that I'm actively trying to start. He's a, he's a desperation for That's fair. And then the Giants, you have uh, Sterling Shepard. Has he been playing this week? Uh, great question. I don't even know if he's out of concussion protocol. Um, well, if he, let's assume that he plays this week. Are you playing him? I'm not because Patrick Peterson is back for the Cardinals this week, which is going to just help the depth of this Cardinals secondary. Uh, I'm not playing Sterling Shepard. Yeah, he's he's the only guy that I was really concerned with. Um, I think Golden Tate and Evan Ingram are both pretty damn good starts this week on the inside of the field. It'll be interesting with Golden Tate to see how the Cardinals kind of attack it if they do put Patrick Peterson on him, knowing that he's their number one wide receiver. Um, so that's definitely something to kind of just keep an eye on a little bit uh, when it comes to Golden Tate and kind of temper your expectations. But you, I think you have to play him because he is their number one option outside of Evan Ingram. For sure. And then I think Daniel Jones is definitely on the streaming radar. And then the highlight of the week, Saquon Barkley is more than likely going to be playing in this one. Yeah, uh, it's shocking uh, to see that he's back this He's a soon. superhuman, dude. Um, you know, if he plays, you got to play him. But also, again, he's coming off a, a tough injury for running back. So temper your expectations just a little bit when it comes to Saquon. If he doesn't put up one of those monster games, don't be surprised. Yeah, but you won't be upset when he still gets you about 15. Yeah, easy. 15 points is something I, I would be completely fine with with Saquon coming off a high ankle sprain against a, a bad Cardinals defense. All right, so we have three of these later games. The first one I'm going to bring up is the Los Angeles Chargers visiting the Tennessee Titans. I uh, just don't even like this game. Hunter Henry, that's it. You starting? You got to start Keenan Allen, though, yeah? I don't know, man. I'm I'm borderline benching him. And what about Mike Williams? How do you feel about him? I know he's coming off of a fairly strong-ish performance. Not feeling it. This Titans defense doesn't get enough credit for what they're able to do, in my opinion. They are a, a shutdown-type defense. And, you know, like we were saying earlier in the show with Phillip Rivers and his arm strength, I don't know if I can trust it. I think Phillip Rivers is going to have a really bad game in this one. I don't think there's a single player, with the exception of Hunter Henry, in this entire game that I can start with any confidence. Nope, I'm benching Melvin Gordon this week. Yeah, I would. Um, him, Austin Eckler. Um, I don't think you have the luxury of, of sitting Keenan Allen, but he's definitely a, a beware kind of player. Um, and then from the Tennessee side, I mean, I say this every week. I'm not starting anyone besides Delaney Walker and Derrick Henry. And I don't even know if I'm playing Delaney Walker. He has been yeah, bad he's been bad recently. lately. And Ever since he opened his mouth in the locker room, he's kind of you know shut down a little bit. And uh, you know, who knows who the quarterback's going to be? Uh, he wasn't too. Delaney Walker was not too happy that the Titans tweeted that out. Um, so I mean. The Titans on offense are a complete mess right now, and I don't know if I can start anybody other than Derrick Henry because they're going to be handing the ball off a ton. And uh, we saw what James Conner did to this Chargers defense running the ball on Monday night, or on Sunday night, I should say. So uh, he's the real only option that I feel some confidence in playing, and I think it's more of a flex play than an RB2. 
Yeah, I, I agree completely. I'm avoiding this game at all costs if I can. Um, another game that I'm honestly not too fond of, with the exception of the elite players, is the New Orleans Saints and the Chicago Bears. Um, you got to like Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas in any game they're playing, but outside of those two, is there anyone in this game that really jumps out at you? Um, I mean, Jared Cook's been making us eat a little bit of crow recently, scoring some touchdowns, but I don't like him in this game. Um, no. Other than that, not much. Uh, I don't know if you saw this earlier, too. P.J. Williams from the Saints has been suspended for two weeks um, due to uh, going against the NFL substance abuse policy, so he won't be playing in this game, which could open things up potentially a little bit for uh, Allen Robinson if they switch the field up uh, you know, for the Bears on offense, but this game is going to be more of a an entertaining real life game than fantasy option for any of these players. Yeah, for sure. So we'll move on from that one. That's not too exciting. Um, Baltimore and Seattle. I love this game. Yeah, I think it's a big game. This game's going to be so fun. It's a big game for both teams. Uh, Marcus Peters makes his Ravens debut uh, in Seattle. And, uh, you know, this is going to be a very fun game. Lamar Jackson against Russell Wilson. Um, hopefully Hollywood Brown is back for the Ravens. Um, I, I think you can get away with playing a lot of guys in this game. The, the unfortunate thing is that Will Disley looks like he could be done for the season at the tight end position for the Seahawks um, after going down with an Achilles injury this past week against the Browns. Uh, this game is going to be a lot of fun, though, and I think you can play almost anybody. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, big, big Mark. I think this could be a big Mark Andrews game. Um, we've Definitely. been kind of. He's coming off of a near 100-yard performance, and he hasn't seen the end zone in a few weeks. I think this is the week we see Mark Andrews kind of come back. Um, and then I want to say Seattle is going to get Tyler Lockett super involved again, but I think it's still just the Chris Carson show. And unless the Baltimore Ravens shut down Chris Carson – I think we can really expect more of the same. So I think with those receivers, you can kind of temper the expectation. However, considering who is on a bye this week and who you probably have on your roster, uh, Tyler Lockett's a definite start no matter who you have. Um, but I think DK Metcalf can be played as a flex starter this week, and that's that's a lot coming from me because I'm not I'm not huge on starting him in fantasy. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because now that the Ravens acquired Marcus Peters, they've got that speed guy to run with Tyler Lockett, and uh, that matchup is going to be one that I'm you know paying close attention to uh, when it comes to Tyler Lockett getting fantasy points because I think uh, with it being so early in the week, they're going to be able to integrate him and they play a late game. So uh, Marcus Peters versus Tyler Lockett is going to be something to watch. Uh, to see, you know, how Lockett performs from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, in these last two games that we have to talk about, they are two massive divisional games. Uh, I think the one on Sunday night is going to be a little bit closer than the one on Monday night. But the one on Monday night always has surprises in it. However, we'll stick with Sunday night. Your Philadelphia Eagles are taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Um who are you starting and who are you sitting? This game's going to be very interesting. I'll start with the Cowboys. It does not look like Amari Cooper is going to be playing in this game, which is a huge development. He got injured uh, in the Cowboys game against the Jets, only had one catch for three yards. Um, so he does not look like he's going to be playing, which bumps up the, the usage for Michael Gallup uh, if he can catch the ball because he had some issues with some drops against the Jets. So that's definitely another thing to keep an eye on. Um Obviously, you're playing Zeke. I don't know how I feel about Dak in this game. 
Um, you know, obviously the the Eagles secondary was not good against the Vikings, and there were some blown coverages. There was just some miscommunication. The Eagles potentially get Jalen Mills back this week, and a lot of people talk about Jalen Mills being, you know, a guy that you can burn, but he's a physical corner, and if he can get physical with a guy like Michael Gallup, if he plays, that's going to hinder some things Michael Gallup can do, um, and Jalen Mills will be completely fresh because he hasn't played in almost a year, Mikey. He has been out since October 28th, 2018 with that wow. foot injury, so after he was declared week to week. Um, so Jalen Mills potentially being back is good news for the Eagles defense. And, uh, I think Michael Gallup and Zeke are the only guys I feel confident, like a hundred percent starting from the Cowboys, from the Eagles. I like Alshon Jeffrey in this game. He had a big, big game against the Vikings and Carson Wentz seems to feel completely confident in him. Uh, if Deshaun Jackson is back, I don't know if I'm starting him. But he's going to open up things for this offense to get Zach Ertz more involved, get Dallas Goddard more involved. Um, so if Deshaun is back and you're a Zach Ertz or Goddard owner or an Alshon owner, you're you're feeling pretty good um, about your options there. The running backs, I like Miles Sanders as a flex because he's shown that he can you know catch the ball as a running back these past couple weeks and put up some massive points. And then Jordan Howard, you know, with the bye weeks, I think you can play him. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's not, you know, a lot of points from Jordan Howard. Yeah, if I had to choose between the two, I would definitely go Miles Sanders and PPR. Um, I don't know who's still playing in standard leagues, but in the standard league, it's a little bit closer. But I still ultimately think I lean Miles Sanders just because I think he has more potential uh, to get more scrimmage yards if we're counting reception or receiving yards. Definitely agree. And you're obviously going to play Carson Wentz because he's going to throw the ball all over the field. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then moving on to the final game of the week, we have the New England Patriots taking on the New York Jets uh, in New Jersey. So weird. New Jersey, um, baby. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, let me, let me ask you this. So the Jets' defense has actually been pretty decent, and they have Sam Darnold back. I think this game is going to be – a little bit closer than people expect it to be, especially because the Jets always play the Patriots tough. Always. I completely it's a massive, agree. massive divisional game. Um, I do think page, the Patriots are ultimately going to win this game because they're the Patriots. However, I wouldn't be surprised to see this game come down to the last five minutes. Yeah, this game is going to be extremely entertaining. I think the Jets have a legitimate shot to shock the Patriots just for the sheer fact that Sam Darnold is back. You saw what yeah. this Jets offense became last week against the Cowboys team that everybody was like, oh, the Cowboys are going to walk all over this Jets team. Well, Sam Darnold's back. Luke Falk stinks. He got waved and cut. Sam Darnold is leaps and bounds better than him and can get the ball down the field, which means Robbie Anderson has the potential to get involved in this game. Not saying he will, but there's potential there. And, you know, guys like Jamison Crowder can get involved in that underneath game. Um, you know, Le'Veon Bell is always a threat. To, uh, to have a big game, whether it's running or receiving or both. This game's going to be very interesting, um, and I think the Jets could put the Patriots on notice a little bit and uh, potentially shock them, and I think you can get away with playing Lev and Sam Darnold. I don't know if I'm playing any of the other weapons, and then from the Patriots, uh, it's going to be interesting just because they're almost like the Kansas City Chiefs where you don't know what you're going to get. They're like a box of chocolates. For sure. I, I, I'm definitely agreeing on Le'Veon Bell, uh, even though it's a really tough matchup. I mean, he's Le'Veon Bell. You don't sit him. Right. Uh, I'm not personally starting Sam Darnold, but 
I am picking him up off of waivers if he's still out there. Facts. Because his, like I was saying earlier, the Jets' schedule after this week is cake. Absolute yep. cake. So I, I love this team going forward. Um, I'm, I'm starting Le'Veon Bell. Honestly, if you're desperate like I am, I think you can get away with starting the Jets' defense just because of how tough they do play these Patriots. Uh, however, don't come back and yell at me if they get you negative points because this is the Patriots after all. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> I was going to say, that's, but, a, that's a bold move there, partner. Yeah, well, I'm doing it, so we'll see how it goes. I'll let everyone, knows how, I'll let everyone know how it goes. But uh, And then from the Patriots' side, um, if you have – God, I don't even know. If you have a better option, I honestly would go with the better option over Tom Brady, but he is still startable. Uh, Julian Edelman is an obvious start. James White is an obvious start in this one, and everyone else is kind of a toss-up for me. Yeah, it's a little bit of a toss-up, especially with like Josh Gordon. Sony Michelle has kind of found a little bit of swagger, um, but he's a tough call. And then, you know, it's going to get even more complicated because it looks like Nikhil Harry is practicing and could be back soon, too. Yeah, for sure. So we'll see how that kind of shakes out going forward. But that is all of our starts and sits of the week. Um, Kyle, I got to say, it was really, really good to finally be back on the podcast. No, it was only gone for a week, but it felt like a year. That it was. And Mikey, uh, in order to hear all of our podcasts, make sure you guys, you listeners, our fantastic listeners and followers, are following us on the Twitter.com at UndergroundPHI and at goal underscore line underscore FFB. You can follow Mikey on Twitter at GFF underscore Mikey. You can follow me at KBIZZL311. Shout out to the old AOL Instant Messenger for my Twitter handle. Uh, And to hear every podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know your crazy fantasy stories thus far through the 2019 season in your review. And if you don't have an iPhone, you can go upgrade it. That new 11 just came out, all that good stuff. Or you can follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. And since the last time you were on the podcast, Mikey, all the Underground Sports Philadelphia podcasts on our feed are streamable and followable on the TuneIn app, brand new, and iHeartRadio. So you can get us on all of those platforms. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia. And you get it right when it comes out. So uh, all that good stuff is available for you on all those incredible platforms. Absolutely. And once again, uh, today's episode is brought to you by TrophySmack.com. Go over there and use code GOALLINE, G-O-A-L-L-I-N-E at checkout and receive that super sweet championship ring with the purchase of any championship belt or trophy. Uh, As always, thanks for tuning in for myself. For Kyle, for Underground Sports Philadelphia, and of course for Goal Line Fantasy Football. We will see you guys next week, and we look forward to doing so. Win those matchups, baby. Peace.